OWC Radio, episode number, well, I'll call it number one. Welcome to OWC Radio number one. I am Tim Robertson. I'm the host of the show. And uh, let me spend a few minutes here at the very beginning of the very first episode to explain what OWC Radio is and what it is not. Number one, OWC Radio is fully funded and produced by Otherworld Computing, which you can find at maxsales.com. Now, as such, a lot of you probably may think, well, it's just one big infomercial. They're they're there to sell products, and all they're going to talk about is other world computing products. Nothing could be further from the truth. Well, let me say, yes, we want to sell products. That's what business is all about. Selling products funds this podcast, and thus you get some free cool content to listen to on your computer, on your iPhone, on your iPod, in your car, why you're running, why you're working out at the gym, or when you're eating a big tub of ice cream like I am wont to do. But that doesn't mean that the show is a infomercial. This is going to be a regular weekly, uh, actually more than weekly. We're, we're going to produce this show two to three times a week. Uh, it's just going to be a show about Mac users, the programs and the hardware that you use. We're going to talk about the news. We're going to talk about things that we find interesting. It's not a rumor show. I don't, you know, I, I don't go too much into the rumors. If it's a huge rumor, everyone's talking about it. For instance, the Mac tablet. Everyone seems to know this thing's coming. Everybody's talking about it from, you know, the, the smallest Mac blog all the way up to the Wall Street Journal. So that's something that we can't really ignore. We're going to talk about it. But for the most part, we're going to talk about what's relevant to your life as a, a Mac user. As time goes on, we're going to have interviews with other Mac users, some famous and some not so famous. Maybe we're going to talk to uh, just somebody at home that uses their Mac every day. They really like it, but they don't have an opportunity to talk about their passion on the Macintosh, about the Macintosh, or maybe about the iPhone or the iPod. Uh, maybe it's about Adobe products. Maybe it's about Photoshop. Maybe they're just so much in love with iPhoto, they just want to share some information. We're going to talk to people like that. And if that's you, you just want to get a hold of us, we can do that too. Let me give you the contact information right here at the beginning of the show. If you want to send us email, and it's going to come directly to me, it's podcast at maxsales.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at maxsales.com. I'd love to hear from you guys, let you know uh, I'm always looking for ideas for the show. I'm looking for guests on the show. So if you are somebody that would like to come on the show and chat with me, let me know and we can work something out. So let's get into the show a little bit here. And I thought I would start off uh, not with the news like I'm usually going to do, but with some maybe uh, a little bit more information about me. Again, my name is Tim Robertson. A lot of you listening probably follow me over from the MyMac.com podcast. I did that podcast for five years uh, with a variety of co-hosts. It started out just me, and I eventually had Chad Perry as a co-host, and uh, we had a lot of different segments with a lot of different contributors. And at the end of my run at MyMac, it was uh, myself, it was 
Guy Searle, and it was David Cohen. Uh, now David Cohen and Guy Searle have continued the MyMac podcast, and they're going to be doing it for, uh, for the future. I'm still doing the sponsorship ads, if you will, uh, on the MyMac podcast, so you'll hear me occasionally over there as well. And quite honestly, maybe I'll bring uh, Guy or, or David onto the OWC podcast to chat occasionally. But I've left my Mac. I'm doing the OWC radio show now. And you know what? i got to say I'm really, really excited about it. This affords me the opportunity to do a podcast during the day, number one. <laughs> Completely odd for me to be able to get on the microphone and talk at 10 a.m. Uh, before working from my home office where I did the MyMac.com podcast, my wife would literally have to take our kids and leave the house for a couple hours to afford me the time to record that show. And that was always 6 o'clock at night on a Thursday. And quite honestly, you know, towards the end of the week, uh, 6 p.m. at night, I usually hadn't had dinner yet. I was always hungry. I was tired. It wasn't the best time to do a show like a, a podcast. So I think this is going to be excellent. Uh, I'm more of a morning person, wake up, love to get the show recorded. Um, but I can also schedule guests at times that work for them now here in the recording studio. And a lot of the interviews that we're going to do will be done over Skype. Speaking of interviews, I have an interview for this very first show. I talked to Steve Sandy, he of the unofficial Apple Weblog website. Great writer, by the way. He's a really, really sharp cookie when it comes to the Mac. Been using him since 1986. And uh, I really like Steve. I just recently met him. Uh, I've known him now for maybe three, four months, and uh, he's just a really good guy. He's one of those Mac users that when you read his postings up on the unofficial Apple weblog, you just know the guy knows what he's talking about. So that's what the show is going to be about. Um, I am working for and with uh, Otherworld Computing, and I couldn't be happier. Uh, I really, really, really like the company. Uh, I went to their headquarters back in October as part of the MyMac.com podcast. And uh, this was the first time I ever visited the corporate headquarters. And there's only one building. It, it's OWC, Otherworld Computing, isn't scattered across the United States. It's one big building. And we'll get into um, what's going on there in a future show, which is going to be an amazing story, especially if you are really into the green movement like I am and wind turbines. And I don't want to get into it now, but it's just amazing. Can't wait to share that story with you guys. But I went there in October with Guy Searle, and I met with the um, owner of the company, uh, Larry O'Connor. And I really liked Larry. I've met him a few times in the past, usually at Macworld Expo. And he's been on the other podcast. We've interviewed him a few times. And I was just always so impressed with him. And after visiting there in October, um, the idea of working there was just very appealing. So I'm just really, really excited that it happened. I can't wait to start creating some great content for OWC. And hopefully, as you as a listener, um, you're going to appreciate the free content that we're providing you guys. And... Obviously, you guys will buy stuff. That's that's kind of the idea. But we're not going to sit here and shove it down your throat on the show. 
one of the things that we're doing, other than this podcast, we're going to be launching a how-to series. It's going to be a screencast, and it's going to be, at least at the beginning, very basic how to do this on your Mac, how to do that on your Mac. There's a lot of brand new Mac users joining the fold, coming in, learning how to use these machines, coming from a Windows machine. And we want to provide some really good content for them to get up and running on their Mac. Maybe not become an expert, but at least become comfortable with the new computing platform that they've chosen to buy, that they're going to stick with it. They're going to use it to its fullest. iPhoto is so easy to use, especially if you're someone like me that's been using it for years and years. But if you're brand new to the Macintosh, it might be a little intimidating. Uh, Brand new Mac users might not know how to change the background on their desktop. So we're going to go through a lot of how-to, very basic stuff to begin with, uh, build up a library of how to do things on your Macintosh, and hopefully, uh, if you're a longtime Mac user and you know someone who's not, hopefully you'll pass this link over to them when that show goes live in iTunes so they can start learning how to use their Mac a little bit more effectively, and thus they won't call you and say, hey, how do I do this? And you're spending a lot of time on the phone explaining the basics to someone. We also have, which is already launched, OWC TV install videos. Now, these are the videos that we offer free of charge on the OWC website as well as YouTube that shows you how to install certain things in certain Macintoshes. For instance, maybe you want to change your hard drive in your 2009 MacBook Pro. How do you do that? We have videos that will show you step-by-step from A to Z how to do it, from opening the machine, removing the old hard drive, putting the new hard drive in, closing the machine, everything. You're going to see it in crystal clear. Um, We film it in HD, and we kick it out there in HD. So, I mean, it's just pristine quality. And especially if you have an Apple TV, subscribe to this in iTunes and watch these installed videos on your big screen TV. Oh, it's just gorgeous looking. It really, really is. And we offer that free. We already have the first one up, and it's how to install memory in a 2009 Mac Mini. We're going to add a lot more as time goes on. Let's see. What else we got? Right now, as I record the show, it's the day before Christmas. Now, because this is the very first episode, I don't know when it will go live in iTunes. We have to submit this podcast to Apple. They have to approve it. And that takes a little bit of time. So I'm hoping that by the time you guys hear this, it won't be the new year yet. It'll still be 2009. So uh, keep in mind that I'm recording on December 24th, 2009. And uh, it's really nasty weather out there right now. Really, really is. In fact, uh, today being Thursday, I on Tuesday, I went to the home office in Woodstock, Illinois. That's where Otherworld Computing is located. And when I drove there, it's about five hours for me, four and a half, five hours, depending on the weather and, of course, traffic around the Chicagoland area. So I drove there on Tuesday. And I have to say... I hate the heavy traffic. I really, really do. I know maybe some people like bumper-to-bumper traffic where you go three miles an hour. I'm not one of those people. I don't really enjoy it. One of the nice things that it affords me, though, is the opportunity to get caught up on the podcasts that I listen to. And uh, as, as the show progresses, I'll tell you about some of the shows that I listen to that I think you might enjoy as well. Uh, but the weather is, is an issue in December here in the Midwest in the United States. So going, the trip there, going to Woodstock wasn't too bad. I left here mid-Michigan. I left here at about 4 a.m., a little after, 
and I got there around nine o'clock in the morning, their time. So it's quite a drive. Stayed there pretty much all day long, but I left around 4.30 p.m. Uh, their time, which was 5.30 in my internal clock. And of course, I ran into heavy traffic coming back. Not a big surprise there, but <laughs> I'm using Navigon on the iPhone. That's I, I really like that GPS on the iPhone. Now, I have a Garmin unit that usually stays in the car with me, but and I still have that with me even though I have the Garmin on the iPhone, but I'm relying on the Garmin. I'm sorry, I'm, re I'm relying on the Navigon app on the iPhone. Number one, I could plug the iPhone into my audio system in the car, so when it gives me these alerts, it's not a little tiny speaker in the GPS unit itself. It's coming across all the speakers in my car, which I'm not going to miss an exit when it blares out, blares out at me, you know, take the next right. So I'm driving down the road, um, listen to podcasts. It's snowing. and it's, Now, if you're not from the Midwest or somewhere where you get a lot of snow, it's hard to describe what it's like when the snow is blowing sideways across the highway. You're driving well, around 60, 65 miles an hour. There's a lot of cars around you, and half of the vehicles around you are big semi-trucks, tractor trailers. And they kick the stuff up off the road as they're passing you and you're passing them. That just makes your, your windshield impossible to see out of. So you're constantly using your window wiper fluid to clean your windows. And I mean constantly. It's, it's clean, drive for about two seconds, clean, drive for about two seconds. You just can't see anything if you don't. Now, I just got my old oil changed in this Honda Accord that I'm driving. And one of the things that they do is change all the fluids that's low. For instance, mm, I don't know, window wiper fluid. So having just done that, I figured, and correctly it turns out, that they would have changed or at least topped off my window wiper fluid. Not so. Bad place to find out that you're out of window wiper fluid is directly behind a semi in the far left lane, and there's six lanes here, in very bad weather, when you can't see anything, the next exit is a half mile up the road, and somehow you have to get to the far right-hand lane, get off on that exit, and try not to kill yourself or anybody else. It's funny because I, I hit the window wiper fluid, and it worked fine, but I noticed that it didn't quite throw it up as far as I thought it would. And I thought, uh-oh. So I hit it again, and just a little tiny little drizzled squirt came out. That's when I knew I was in trouble, by the way. I don't want to repeat the language I used, but uh, it's basically, oh, crap. I like to use your imagination. So somehow, and I honestly to this day, I don't know how I did it. Somehow I got to the far right lane and pulled to the side of the road. Thankfully, there was actually a shoulder uh, on the road at this point. And don't ask me what highway it was because, you know what, I don't even remember at this moment. So I get it pulled over to the right, and I can't see anything. Now, because at this point, I had been up for, oh, I don't know, 16 hours, 17 hours, uh, half of that driving. 
I was consuming much-needed caffeine, in this case, a Mountain Dew. Now, if you're not from the United States or you've never had a Mountain Dew, uh, it's kind of hard to explain what it is. It's this yellowish liquid, very sugary, very sweet, and has a lot of caffeine. It's like coffee on steroids, okay? Not in taste, just in effect. And I like my caffeine cold, not hot. I wish I was a coffee drinker. It would, it would make things a lot easier in my life, I could tell you that. But in this case, I was drinking Mountain Dew. And one of the side effects of Mountain Dew is it's very sticky, pretty much like any soda pop. But it is liquid. So as I got over to the right lane, got over to the shoulder of the road, and I can see the exit at this point about a quarter mile ahead of me. And it's one of those exits that says exit only. But I don't really care about exit only. All I care about is getting off the highway and finding a gas station or something that I can buy some window washer, washer fluid. But I can't even drive to the exit because there's just so much crap on my window as it is that I can't see out of the window. So I'm literally, and this is very cold weather, it's maybe 20 degrees, heavy snow, blowing hard, semis passing by me, right by my window on the left side, uh, within, I don't know, six feet. I literally stick my hand out the window with the Mountain Dew in it, and I'm pouring the Mountain Dew on my window. Turning on the wiper blades, it worked. I could see just enough so I can get to the next exit. So I get to the next exit, and all is well. But I have to tell you, folks, there's nothing, nothing quite like the excitement of almost getting killed because you were too stupid to check your window washer fluid when you know you're going to use it a lot, a lot in this kind of weather. So it's my own fault. You know, I'm not blaming the people who changed my oil. It, it was my fault. I should have checked. And at the very least, I should have had some in the trunk of the car. When you live in the Midwest and you get this kind of snow and you're traveling on the highways, you know you're going to go through a lot of window shield washer fluid. Keep some extra with you just in case. That's all I'm saying. I wasn't smart enough to do that. Public education. That's me. So let's talk about some news stories in the uh, Mac universe. And this is going to be a regular feature on this show. Um, my personal stories won't be. But I kind of want to get things started on a personal level and let you get to know me a little bit. So that's my, my driving from Woodstock in the blinding snow and almost dying story. It's not a heavy uh, week for news because, you know, it's the holidays and a lot of people are not working this week and uh, just not a lot of things happen. But there's a few things and uh, I want to go over a few of them. For instance, Macworld.com has a story, Firewire versus USB, which is faster. Surprisingly enough, the end results, Firewire 400 is usually faster than USB 2.0, even though Firewire 400 has a technically slower bandwidth than USB 200, or I'm sorry, USB 2.0. Now, Macworld compared different hard drives using different connection methods. Uh, let's be honest, FireWire 4, uh, 400 is, is a dying technology. Apple's not even including it in their new machines anymore. The only FireWire you're going to find nowadays is FireWire 800. And not surprisingly, FireWire 800 smoked both 
FireWire 400 and USB 2.0 and copying speeds. As an aside, I think most people assume that eSATA and USB 3.0 are the future ports on the Mac. That's what's going to happen. Uh, we're not going to have USB 2.0 eventually. We'll have USB 3.0, which will probably, like USB 2.0, be backwards compatible. So you could plug in your existing mouse and keyboard and printer and all those fun things to the Macintosh that has a USB 3.0 port. I'm just curious, when do you guys out there think we're going to start seeing USB 3 on a Macintosh? Are you excited about that? Do you wish that Apple would start putting eSATA ports on the side of the machines? Would that be more useful? Um, USB 2.0 is everywhere. Almost every hard drive you can buy has a USB 2.0 port on it. And those are usually a pretty safe pick for a Mac user. But if you're anything like me, you want the faster speeds. You want something that's going to copy a little bit quicker. You don't want to be sitting around waiting for this 1.5 gigabyte file to finish copying. It should have been done two minutes ago. And if you're using eSATA or FireWire 800 port, it would have been. But it's always nice to have the option to go down to USB 2.0 or FireWire 400 if you need to. So look for hard drives that have multiple ports. And of course, check out MacSales.com. We have a lot of hard drives that have multiple ports. And use the one that works best for you. Macworld also has a story from the Wall Street Journal, of all places, about CBS and Disney, which owns ABC.com and uh, ABC the, the, the network as well, that they're interested in a rumored Apple TV all-you-can-eat television program subscription service. Huh. What do you think? Would you spend, like, I don't know, 30 bucks for an Apple TV subscription? Now, when I say Apple TV, I don't necessarily mean the Apple TV, the little thing that you plug into your television. When I say Apple TV, in this case, I'm talking about an iTunes subscription service for our television shows, maybe a best of package, the top 10 shows um, from the whatever networks participate in this. So maybe you'd get, I don't know, the show 24 and Heroes and whatever shows that you like, some um, sports programming, whatever. 30 bucks a month, watch as much as you want. You'd absolutely have to download it from Apple via iTunes, which, you know, if you're on a, a limited bandwidth internet connection, that could be a problem. But I don't know. I think it's an intriguing idea to, to spend 30 bucks and, I don't know, will it be all-you-can-eat TV, 30 bucks, download any television show you want? Would you be interested in that? 30 bucks. If it's a subscription service, what happens when my subscription runs out and the shows that I already downloaded? Are they DRM protected? Now I can't watch them because I stopped paying my subscription? I wouldn't like that. What happens if I go over my bandwidth on my internet provider? Huh. Is it all you can eat? Do I find any show that looks appealing to me in iTunes and just click download? Is that part of my subscription? If I really like the show that I just watched, even though I have this subscription, can I turn around and, I don't know, buy the entire series for an extra fee? It's mine to keep forever. A lot of questions. Uh, I'd like to know your opinion. Is, is 
would an Apple TV subscription service interest you enough to cancel your cable television subscription or maybe your satellite subscription or your direct TV subscription? It's interesting. And if this would work for television, why not movies? Why not go more of a, a Netflix route in iTunes where you can spend X number of dollars a month and you just download and watch any movie you want whenever you want? That's what Netflix does. Now, of course, Netflix usually isn't, at least their download service, isn't the, the brand new movies that just came out. It's usually older movies. But what if iTunes followed exactly that? It's just, I don't know, older movies for, I don't know, $10 a month. Download any movie you want, just not the first run, just came out on DVD this year, Blockbusters. 10 bucks a month, watch any movie you want. Streaming only. You can't keep it. It's not yours to keep. It's just subscription. Any of that interest you? It does me, I have to say. I don't know if the $30 a month for the, the TV service is as interesting to me as a, I don't know, 10 to $20 subscription service to watch older movies. It sounds appealing to me right now, but I'll be honest, I don't watch a whole lot of older movies. And if it's an older movie that I really liked, I probably own the DVD already. Plus, I have cable television, you know, flipping through channels. Oh, look, that looks interesting. I'll start watching this. Would it be worth an extra 20 bucks or even 10 bucks to, to be able to download any older movie and watch at my leisure? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Kind of interested in what you think, though. Feedback. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> old, old habits die hard. Send an email to podcast at maxsales.com and let me know what you think. I'm Like I said, I'm very interested. From Engadget, good website, San Francisco considers displaying phone radiation levels next to price tag. Hmm. You know, last time I checked was about, I don't know, three hours ago. There is no scientific evidence to prove that radiation levels from any cell phone are strong enough to cause humans any harm. Folks, when everything has a warning label on it, everyone will ignore them. It's true. If everything has a warning label on it, you're just going to ignore them. Right? If every time you got in a car, the car said, warning, you could get in an accident, every single time you got in the car, I bet you wouldn't hear it after a while. You know? Look, I, there's a lot of people who smoke. And every single pack of cigarettes you buy, at least here in the United States, has a warning label on it. When's the last time a smoker looked at that label and went, whoa, really? I, this could cause cancer? Well, I didn't know this could cause I'm I'm done. No more smoking for me. Thank goodness that warning label was on there. Now, obviously, warning labels are a needed thing in this society. We need to know when things are dangerous. If I'm walking towards a fence and there's a big warning label that says electrified fence, guess what? Eh, I'm probably not going to touch that fence. If I'm walking by something that says, do not open this door, danger, radiation, probably not going to open the door. But if everything has a warning label on it, when do we ignore the warning labels? And if there's no scientific proof that cell phones produce enough 
radiation to cause humans any harm, why put a warning label on them? Podcast at MaxSales.com. Love to hear your what you think, your opinion. Hey, some formerly pay-to-own software is free. I love free. Don't you love free? I love free stuff. Econ Technologies. Uh, econtechnologies.com. E-C-O-N technologies.com. Is now giving away free of charge portraits and prints, which lets you print out your photos in a variety of ways. Day Chaser, which is a calendar and scheduling application. I never really used it myself, but I used to hear good things about it. An image caster, which is a webcam solution, all free. And free is good. Now, my understanding is they just updated all three applications to be Snow Leopard compatible, which is Mac OS 10.6. Snow Leopard compatibility, but they're really not going to um, continue to put a lot of time and effort into these applications. They're, they're going to focus on other things. And since they're going to focus on these other things, they decided, yeah, well, we'll just give this stuff away for free. Love free. So, hey, you know, it's free. You might as well check it out. Econtechnologies.com. So for the rest of the show, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, pause this recording and I'm going to drop in the interview that I did with Steve Sandy. Um, it's about three weeks ago. And it was before I really had a firm grasp of exactly what this podcast was going to be about and how I was going to record it and what the different segments would be and that sort of thing. So this is my interview with uh, Steve Sandy and uh, thank him very much for coming on and chatting me with, with me that day. And once again, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter. It's OWC radio on Twitter. Uh, love to hear your comments. If you have questions or comments or whatever, send them up on the Twitter or send it in email. You know, sometimes email is easier, but I check the Twitter every day, every couple hours. Love the Twitter. So Twitter, OWC Radio. So it's twitter.com slash OWC Radio. And if you want to send an email, it's podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at maxsales.com. In the meantime, make sure you check out maxsales.com for all your computer-related needs. Hard drives, memory. We sell it all. And what you have to ask yourself is when you're buying a hard drive, do you want to get the least expensive, cheapest one? Or do you want to buy one from a company that you trust? That if you have a problem with that hard drive, they're just going to take care of you. MaxSales.com. Again, my name is Tim Robertson. Love to hear back from you. Uh, please listen to the rest of the show, the Steve Sandy interview, he of the unofficial Apple weblog, uh, T-A-U-W.com. And uh, I'm going to go wrap some Christmas presents and enjoy the holidays, and I will see you guys back here in a week. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Hey, 
And we're back, and we've got Steve Sandy of the unofficial Apple weblog fame. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Tim. How's it going? Do you like Do you like Steve, or do you like Stephen? Because on your post, you put Stephen, but I can't imagine everyone says, hey, Stephen. You know, that was a... Uh kind of a an interesting point there because uh at one point i said why are you calling me steven on the uh <laughs> you know on my byline there and uh somebody uh, i'm trying to remember who it was might have been scott mcnulty uh but he said well you told us you wanted steven on there and <laughs> I, i'm sitting here going i did but anyway yeah uh i prefer going by steve i can imagine it's just it rolls off the tongue a lot easier so we got you on the show because uh, number one, you've been you've been a Mac user forever, and we'd love to pick Mac users' brains out there and find out what they like and dislike, and uh, do they sleep on the left or the right side of the bed? Actually, we don't care about that point, but uh, but, but you also did a review of the newer technology, new parts. See, I didn't give you a chance to uh, respond to that. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, well, let's see. It depends on whether you're in it, in which case it's the right, or if you're looking at it from the foot of the bed, in which case it's the left. I'm the same way. So um, I guess we, we can never share a uh, hotel room, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't go there. <laughs> no, don't go there. So you did a review that I found very interesting of the newer technology, New Power Charge and Sync Plus. Uh, very small device, but very powerful. And you seem to yeah. like it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was kind of funny because I'm not one of those people who goes out and buys products, you know, sight unseen a lot. Usually what I do is, uh, you know, I'll kind of wait a little while and, uh, you know, see what kind of reviews are coming out. And uh, it was one of those things where I was just in the market for a uh, battery pack. Uh, for my iPhone, and uh, you know, kind of looked around at a bunch of things. Uh, I happened to get a little email, uh, kind of the product announcement for the new Power Charge and Sync Plus, which, by the way, is a real mouthful. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I've in the past I've used and uh, liked some things like the the Richard Solo eighteen hundred. That's the one that's got the laser pointer and flashlight built into it as well. Yeah, the only thing that one's missing is a is a knife, a pocket knife. Yeah, if it had a pocket knife, it'd be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Or a screwdriver. Yeah, <laughs> a screwdriver. Yep, to fix your glasses because yeah, yeah. that's be about able to the, tighten it up. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you know, I've used that uh, for a while, and then when I uh, recently went to uh, start using uh, the OtterBox uh, cases because I, I tend to drop phones and lose them a lot, uh, you know, I figured, hey, you know, I, you know, I'll try using my Richard Solo, and it wouldn't plug in. Really? That's one of those that you could just kind of plug into the end. Well, they have one with a cable, but I just, you know, it was kind of like beyond that, wanted to try something new. Uh, couldn't use something like, uh, you know, the Mophie uh, Juice Pack Air because it just doesn't have the protection that I really want, uh, even though it's kind of cool looking. But uh, so I, you know, saw this thing come through the uh, like New Power Charge and Sync Plus. And the minute I saw it, I went, gotta have. <laughs> so. It's, it's kind of neat. I mean, it, it, physically, it kind of looks like the uh, the older battery pack for like a PowerBook. Or um, well, I guess the, the new MacBook Pros use the same kind of thing. It's, it's kind of white and a little bit oblong, not quite square. That's yeah. what it kind of looks like from a distance. Yeah, and then, uh, well, the, the one thing I really liked about it was, you know, when I saw the... Uh, 
initial comments about it says, hey, not only does it come with a dock connector plug, but we're also supplying free of charge. Well, not free of charge, you're paying for it, but anyway, uh, we also supply uh, micro USB and mini USB uh, connectors. So um, I'm one of those people that tends to have a lot of gadgets, and it really just bugs the heck out of me sometimes when I have to carry along, you know, three different power bricks and three different cables just to be able to get everything charged up. And, uh, you know, ended ended up getting this eh, a little over a week ago, and uh, just love it right now. Um, you know, a couple things that I really thought were were kind of cool is the fact that the prongs uh, that you end up plugging into your uh, AC outlet are ca- kind of actually hidden in the thing. There's this little slider switch uh, that you you know once you remove the cable from the outside of the uh, charge and sink plus, you just push this little button and the prongs come out it's like ooh. and that's kind of nice because you know in today's day and age we have so many cords for so many different devices and this just hides them away for you when you don't need them yes it does you know uh, one thing i i kind of wish uh this product would have and maybe your designers can make it just a little bit larger the next time and make it so you can hide all three of the cables uh inside there because uh, right now you can really kind of only hide the uh, tip of one at a time uh, in the you know behind the door in the the back of the unit. But uh, anyway, I, I like it. You know, uh, the cool thing about it is when you plug it in, uh, it almost creates like a little table. And uh, I've plugged it into the wall and actually propped up my uh, iPhone on top of that. <laughs> and uh, Not you know, recommended so, usage, but... Yeah, not recommended. <laughs> yeah, this is not recommended. Don't try this at home, It's folks. not in the manual. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, it's got about an 8-inch long cable. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the things, one of the main beefs I, I have about the type of uh, battery packs that plug right into the bottom of the iPhone is that if you have to use the device with the battery uh, attached to it, you end up having this like heavy battery that's dangling off the end. Yeah, it's not fun. No, and I, you know, personally, I think it kind of screws up the dock connector on the uh, uh, device itself. So uh, this, you've got this eight-inch long cable. Uh, I found I can just put it on a table or desk or whatever I happen to be near. You know, put it in my lap. And, uh, you know, run the cable up, and uh, I'm still playing the game and don't have any problems. So uh, It's a neat device. Is, yeah. So how 14, long you... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Nope. Yeah, I was going to say 1,400 milliamp battery uh, works out pretty good in terms of, uh, you know, letting that iPhone run for a little bit longer. And that's always a good thing. I think that's the biggest beef most people have with the iPhone is is battery usage and how long it takes to drain that battery, especially if you're on 3G, you're, you've left your Wi-Fi connection on, you're connecting to something via Bluetooth. It doesn't last for very long. And if you keep your screen turned all the way up on full brightness, I mean, you, it's just not going to last. The battery's not going to last a long time. And if you do all those things, you need some external power every now and then at least. Here, here. So how long have you been uh, using a Macintosh now? I mean, I know for a fact that you've been using it at least for a couple days. Uh, Would you believe (laughs) 25 years? I would believe that. Why not? Yeah, because I actually got my first Mac in uh, December of 1984. And it was just after the 512 uh, came on the market because I always thought, 
128K, come on. You know, <laughs> but 512 sounded much better. Yeah, you know, 512 <laughs> sounded like, wow, you know, all the RAM I'd ever need there. So, Do you remember the very first peripheral that you bought for the computer? Uh, actually, I do. And it was uh, when I bought the machine, uh, you know, I a lot of the PCs that were coming out uh, had the option of getting a, a second floppy disk drive. And uh, I waited actually a couple of months until the 800K uh, drives became uh, standard. Twice as much storage. Yeah, twice as much storage. And I actually got a uh, 800K external. Do you remember how much it cost? Oh, God. Um, I, I unfortunately don't. I think I've got the receipt somewhere, though. But really? You still? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it was funny because I was looking through some paperwork uh, here a couple of years ago. Uh, we were uh, doing a major cleanup of uh, the area where my office used to be. And uh, I personally wanted to just take out a flamethrower and kind of set it all on fire. But I don't know. You know, I kind of had this... Uh, archaeological dig and went through a lot of that stuff and I found the initial receipt for that first Mac and uh, you have to keep amazing. that well yeah the thing that's cool about it is it seems like every Mac that I buy is always about the same price but the uh, features and the speed just you know keep getting better and better that's been true with a lot of Macs over the years. I mean, it's usually uh, around $1,500 to $2,500. That's yeah. kind of the sweet spot for the Macintosh computers. If you don't get the, the very low-end model and you don't get the very high-end model, it's somewhere around $2,000 usually. Yeah. And just when, whenever you buy it, it's so much better than the last one you had, but you really don't spend a whole lot more money for it. Yeah, and it's kind of funny to think that that, that first 512, and, uh, 512 that I bought, it wasn't the enhanced version. I had to enhance it a couple of <laughs> months later. But uh, it ended up costing me, uh, I think it was twenty four ninety nine, And then I got one of the uh, uh, ImageWriter 2 printers uh, mm. that went along with it. But, you know, twenty four ninety nine, I can go out and now buy... Uh, one of the, I think I can get the i iMac i7, 27 inch. Yeah, well, right around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> or or you can buy like four Mac Minis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not quite, but pretty close. Like stack actually. them, you know, <laughs> a Super Mac Mini. Yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing how far technology comes in such a short time. I mean, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, really isn't that long ago when it comes to, you know, the history of, of what we're doing on this planet. But when it comes to technology, it, it, it's a different time. It's a different – everything has completely changed. I mean, you can't even get that old machine on the Internet, and we take the Internet nowadays just for granted. It's there. It's always – you can access it with your phone, with your laptop, with your computer. Half the TVs that are being sold now have Internet connectivity. Your stereos have Internet connectivity. But here's a computer that's relatively not that old that there's zero possibility of ever getting that thing online. And even if you could, what are you going to use to browse anything with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, you know, it, I, I think it, it kind of gives you a different perspective. You know, I talk with uh, people who have maybe uh, been using Macs for, you know, three to five years, and they talk about the changes that they've seen. And I go, you want to talk about changes? Let's, <laughs> let's go back in history a little bit. Um, you know, just even uh, looking at something like the, the iPhone uh, yes. compared to the original Mac is so far beyond that. And yet you get people who, you know, gripe about, oh, you know, I can only, 
you know, surf the web for five hours before I need to hook in this external battery pack. <laughs> and it's like, you know, hey, man, that original Mac, you were limited by where you could plug in uh, that AC adapter. Yep, absolutely. There's no portability at all. And now you're browsing the Internet on a handheld device sitting in a courtyard. I mean, yeah. there's just no comparison. I, you know, I'm fascinated by time travel, and I always wondered if you did go back in time and you took your current knowledge with you, let's say you went back to 1985, do you really think you can get back into computers the way you are now? I mean, it would, everything would be so archaic. Yeah. I, you would be forced to use a Mac <laughs> from 1985. You would hate it. It would just be the the slowest. Everybody around you would think it's the coolest thing ever, but you have this foreknowledge of what's coming, and it would just. <laughs> I think it would kill you. You're like, ugh. Can someone I, just invent the internet a little quicker here? <laughs> you know, I tell you that you know gives me a great idea for uh, National Novel Writing Month next year. You know, because I could write, a, you know, some some guy who's a, a techie and he has to go back 25 years and you know live through all the mistakes and problems in the industry again. But, you know, we we liked it at the time. We enjoyed ourselves because everything was still new and fresh and different, and we we're laying new ground and it's. It's just different. But nowadays, if you go back to that time, it seems very quaint. Yeah. And we kind of look on it with rose-colored glasses, I know. But there was a lot of problems that we had with computers back then that we just don't have and we take for granted now, using multiple applications at the same time, for instance. Yeah. Well, uh, the original, when I, I bought that 512K uh, Mac, uh, originally it did not have a hierarchical uh, file system. Uh, this was still uh, with the original Mac files file system. Uh, and what that essentially means is that you couldn't have a folder within a folder or a document within a folder within a folder, you know, that type of thing. Right. Uh, that was the enhancement uh, that came out a few months later. They, they had a new ROM, and they also, uh, you know, for I think it was like $300 you had to pay for the upgrade. But you got the new ROM, and you also got the... Uh, uh, 800k disk drive, and it was like, wow, 800k. <laughs> you'll never fill it. It's just too big. Yeah. You'll never fill that up. Yeah, there's no way, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I love thinking about you know the history of computers, but there's so many little improvements that's happened over the time that we just take for granted. Prime example: using a mouse. Back then, if yeah. you didn't clean your mouse, it felt like you're driving over a, a gravel road. You remember that? It'd be all crunch, 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 and oh, I got to clean my mouse ball off now, and pull it out, and use your fingernails to clean out the little rollers inside the mouse, and it, that's the kind of oh, thing we don't yeah. even have to do anymore, and we don't even think about. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> I, 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 I used to have this really cool tool. It looked like a mouse ball, but it was a little bit smaller, and it had the rough Velcro, you know, on the Velcro, Velcro strip, you have the smooth side and you have the rough side. And someone had taken the rough side and put it on this little mouse ball and did a really good job on it. But if you put it inside your mouse and just rolled it a few times, it would completely clean the rollers. And it, it was the best tool I've ever seen. And I always thought, man, you need to sell that. You need to market it and sell it because people will buy it like crazy. And then when he started now finally, yeah, well, he's, he's finally started asking, do you think I really should do that? And I'm like, well, we have these optical mice now. And yeah. I, I don't think there's any legs to that. And well, I think at that point, someone had done reason. it. I was going to say, that's another good reason for time traveling. You need to go back and tell him and uh, co-invent it with him. 
and then uh, make billions. But wouldn't you rather go back and, and meet the guys that are going to eventually make Google or Yahoo or get, get in with Steve at Next? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, that's – I don't think I'd want to change history. I would just want to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, so you can uh, kind of, you know, ride along with the uh, the history makers and make a little money on yes, the side. absolutely. Yeah. But it would still kill you knowing what's coming and, you know, they're talking about the next great thing and you're like – Oi, quick time, really? But just wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait till you see what you can hold in your pocket. It's smaller and way cooler than the things that they have in Star Trek, except, you know, you can't wave it over someone's body and it tells you what's wrong. That's the only difference. The only difference yeah. between a tricorder and an iPhone. It, it can't help you with your health. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Well, Steve, I want to thank you for coming on uh, the show this week, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back real soon. I'm glad you enjoy the new power charge and sync and if anyone out there is interested in reading his review i will have notes on the show page and make sure you check out tuaw.com the unofficial apple weblog one of my favorite websites out there thanks a lot steve thank you very much tim 